0: we really going to start at ten thirty? <laughs> you can't see right now but i got a shocked look on my face um i guess we will well good morning everyone it's a pleasure to be with you this morning we're going to start with uh tegan would you come up and lead us in some music please Uh, this week, uh, Madison and Isaac and I were uh, planning a little uh, kids get-together thing that we were doing, and we were talking, the girls were watching a movie up here, so I was mentioning the choices they had for movies, and one of them was Paddington, and I found out that Madison does not like Paddington Bear, which is shocking to me, because I love Paddington Bear, and it's okay to be wrong, Madison, Um <laughs> Sorry for airing all your your glaring insufficiencies from the pulpit, but um, Paddington Bear, I don't know if you've seen it. it There's a couple of Paddington movies that came out this decade, and they're so charming and so lovely. They're the story of a little bear from Peru who finds his way into London. And uh, it's a story of welcoming the outsider. Paddington Bear is in a strange new world. Uh, he's full of kindness and, and innocence and honesty. There's a little bit of anti-colonialism in there, which is awesome. But it's, at its heart, it's the story of an outsider being given a new home. And at first, that home doesn't want Paddington Bear, or at least not everybody in the home does. And then he kind of they realize how important it is to love an outsider, and they welcome him into the family, Madison. It's a nice story, Madison. Um, it's kind of similar to Annie, We all like Annie, right? Including the St. Louis. No, not Brooklyn. Oh, no. Those St. Louis girls. Um, Little orphan Annie, who is given not just a home, but an inheritance, too. She is welcomed from an orphanage to a mansion. But more than a home or an inheritance, she's given a family. And stories like that are, are wonderful. And it's a story that's dear to our heart, having welcomed a very special girl into our home in February. And she's lucky because she's got a few families who really love her and care about her. So she's very lucky. And But because that is obviously our experience of late, at the end of Paddington, I wept and wept because um, the kind little creature is given a home, and that's very familiar. Um, what does that got to do with communion? There's There's a family that loves Kennedy and loves any of us even more than the family we're born into, or the family that's taking care of us. Um, our chapter today is Galatians 4, and Galatians 4, I think, will tie in really beautifully with what Abe and Eva have to say um, as we read it, and, and as as they share, you'll see a lot of tie-ins there. Um, but we're actually going to start in what we read last week, the very end of chapter 3, because it flows all together, and we're going to do our communal reading of this part, but it says this, before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, we are all children of God through faith. For all of us who were baptized into Christ have clothed ourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For we all, sorry, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. If we belong to Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And I'll continue in Galatians 4. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is age, he is... These are the best sounds, so it's okay. It's just every time I try to talk, Zeke tries to talk. It's not fair. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons god sent the spirit of his son into our hearts the spirit who calls out abba father so we are no longer slaves but god's children and since you are his child god has made you also an heir just like paddington just like annie um We read also the same day that that I'm making fun of Madison about this fictional bear. We also read, we've been doing Isaac and Madison and I Bible studies during our time together. And and so we were in Mark 3. And at the end of Mark 3, somebody's like, hey, Jesus, your mom and brothers are outside. Um, And Jesus says, who is my mother? Who is my brother? My family, basically, are those who do the will of the father, which is kind of harsh, but necessary there's a new family that we are adopted into a new family that we belong to um in this new family where we are heirs where we are sons and daughters we have a new father uh the best father uh, i have a good dad and and uh, i hope my girls would say that they have a good dad but we have an even greater dad all of us and we share that dad together abba father so we have a new father we have a new inheritance Um, even though we we went from slaves to children, but we don't get our inheritance yet. We're not of age yet. That will happen one day. um, After a sad day comes a glorious day. So new father, new inheritance, and with that, a new family. You don't take communion by yourself. It's a meal that we share as a family, as adopted sons and daughters. Just like Paddington, just like Annie, just like a very special girl in our care, there's a lot of people who surround us who love us. We have a new family together. Uh, we are sons and daughters together. And just to close, one really quick example of this. Um, for the past couple of years, I've been in fairly regular contact with um, a young person who used to be in our youth group who is now incarcerated, um, like seriously incarcerated. And he would call me periodically, maybe every three or four weeks, but in the last week, he's called me about six or seven times, and I didn't take the call yesterday because we were busy. And he called this morning when I was in the bathroom, but I took the call. Um, and he's—I asked—I noticed you called yesterday. I just talked to you the day before. Is—is is something wrong? He said, "No, I'm just lonely," and that's fair and legitimate. That would be a very lonely situation. But his his situation is he his birth family gave him up for adoption so he was adopted um that family didn't care for him for very long so he's bounced around the foster um system so he's had many families and and obviously none of them real ideal um he, so his family he it's not that he's estranged he he just they don't talk to him much they're not in contact with him much he tries to call and they don't answer any of these families but who he does call and who does answer are people he met at Bethel Bible Camp, people that he connected with there. Um, I'm only one of them. There's I there's four others that he knows from Bethel Bible Camp, including one who's in the Granette family now, that he, when he is feeling down, when he's feeling lonely, he knows he can call his brothers. Uh, and it's not his birth family. It's not his adopted family. It's not his foster family. It's this family. Um, and to me, that's a beautiful portrait of adoption, that when when you're feeling down, you've got a family to care for you, just like Paddington Bear, just like Annie the Orphan, just like me and you, we have a family, a new father, a new inheritance, and a new family. So brothers and sisters, uh, let's take out the bread. This is the body of which we are all a part and we get to share in together. Family is about blood. Jesus' blood is what makes us family. And let's talk to our dad. Father God, thank you for being with us. Uh, You were always with us because you were a good dad. Thank you for welcoming us into your family, for inviting us to your table to um, share this time together with brothers and sisters in you. So we thank you for this family. It's a beautiful thing. We thank you for your body and blood that made this family possible. Jesus, we thank you that you, as our biggest brother, um, paved the way for us to be welcomed, adopted into the family. We praise you, Jesus, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Okay. Um, As I mentioned, we've been doing our David and Goliath mini-series where um, Dave, Bob, Angeline, myself have shared Goliaths that we've faced, um, so injustice and purpose and grief and the suburban lifestyle dream. And I'm very excited to have Abe and Eva come up and share the Goli- about the Goliaths that they are facing. It's hard to believe that we've only really known you guys for about a year. That's hard to believe because you feel like you've been a very important part of this church family for a long time. Um, and two of my most favorite memories ever involve your little Ethan. One of my favorite things that ever happened in church was last year when mom was pregnant and we were celebrating that baby was coming. And Ethan just lost it; he was so excited. I don't know if you remember that. He just the only time I've ever heard Ethan scream was because he was so excited for baby to come. just Yeah. And then I mentioned pregnancy in my sermon, and again, Ethan. Yeah. And that was. The best thing I've ever seen and not just because of that but I'm thankful that you guys uh, are part of our church family and your story is very compelling to me and it, it it makes you guys role models to me I I have a lot to learn from you and we all do so I'm grateful for this opportunity to learn from you guys so come on up Abe and Eva
1: so that was the day we got baptized over at Old Colony yeah, we had a dress all in black, and today we're going to share about the Goliath of legalism and abuse. And I would like to start with the verse, uh, Proverbs 22, six: to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. That meant something very different to us, an impactful moment for us raising Ethan and in Eva and my relationship with God, our father was when Angeline explained what her mom had told her about this Bible verse as a child. Training up a child doesn't mean training them to do what is convenient for you or making them do what you want them to. That verse actually means train up a child according to his bent. So God wants us to raise each of our children based on their specific personalities and emotional needs, and that can be very different for each of our children it was amazing to realize that god doesn't just treat us abusively or force us to fit into a mold he nurtures our emotions and he teaches us to be more ourselves than we've ever been before when my dad was around 18 he was getting baptized in old colony he had questions about god that he was told he would understand when he was older he was just told not to ask questions about God or faith. In Belize, where my dad grew up, in a very conservative Mennonite colony where they only drove horse and buggy, they believed it was wrong to leave Belize and go where it wasn't as legalistic. But my mom and dad still decided to move to Ontario where there was another old colony church. When I was a kid, I remember helping on a tractor. I was so scared to even ask to leave to use the bathroom. So I just went to the bathroom in my pants. There wasn't any freedom or any understanding of the freedom God has given us. Sometime after this, we moved to Alberta. Growing up, as punishment, we were spanked with a belt. At the age of 16, my younger brother ran away, and another brother of mine wouldn't listen to Mom and Dad anymore. At Old Colony, it's frowned upon to talk about God. But after my brother ran away, my youngest brother stopped listening to my parents. God brought someone across my mom's path, who shared with mom that she could be praying for my brothers and their friends they started to change in my mom that started a change in my mom's life and I'm so grateful that we get to walk together with God now as believers on Sunday the youth of old colony trying to deal with everything going on would get together and drink and do drugs i spent my sundays partying with my friends following the legalism of not working we could party but you could not work together without risking your eternal soul i got to the point where i was just done with partying i felt like there was no hope for my soul because i'd done things that couldn't be forgiven we only had bibles in high german which i couldn't read or understand i woke up one sunday while my parents were at church i prayed god i know we don't have any bibles i can understand but help me to understand the bible that we do have I went and got the Bible out of my mom and dad's room, and it was in Low German, which I could read. I was so excited that I just kept reading it. It, I was very legalistic at that point. When my brother Peter was doing his baptism classes for being baptized into a different Mennonite church that wasn't part of Old Colony, he asked me one day, do you know that the Bible says you can know if you're saved? In Old Colony... They don't believe that you can know if you're saved you're just following the laws and hoping that you'll be good enough to get to heaven i was surprised when peter told me that the bible says you can have assurance of salvation but i didn't know enough of the bible to be able to argue with him i read for myself where the bible said that and not long afterwards i decided that i believed i could have assurance of salvation and god saved me that was only about four years ago at that point I was still walking in legalism and just barely starting to learn who God was from his word. Eva and I got baptized into Old Colony and started dating two months after I got saved.
2: Since childhood, I had always questioned the things my parents taught. I would ask questions and I was just told, that's just what Mennonites believe. I was seen as rebellious for even asking questions. But I went to an English school growing up, so I had access to an English Bible. It's not normal in Old Colony to get to read the Bible for yourself. I also had a friend at school who was a Christian. We met the first day of preschool, and she was always protective of me. I went to Awana as a kid, too, but I just believed that since they weren't Mennonites, what they taught about salvation just wasn't true, since that's what I'd been told. The month before I met Abe, I had gone through a devastating breakup. It was so hard because I didn't think there was anything for me in life if I didn't get married. After that breakup, I finally came to a place of not wanting to just be looking for a relationship with a man. The months leading up to believing... I'd been doubting the Mennonite teaching about salvation. They say you never know if you're saved. You just have to try really hard and deny yourself anything that would give you pleasure, down to the smallest things. I couldn't even part my hair on the side because I thought that was pretty, so it would be prideful and could keep me from getting into heaven. I knew in the back of my mind that there was a verse that said you could know if you were saved, but I had kept myself from even thinking about it all those years because it would mean going against my parents and everything I had grown up in. The Holy Spirit was working in my heart before I even knew him, and I had a few friends who were also doubting, so it gave me permission to question without as much fear. My life was just so meaningless, I decided it was worth it to risk, worth the risk to step out and question because there was nothing else to live for. One night, while I was reading the Bible, I came across the verse that says, you can know you're saved, and I just decided to step out in faith and believe it. This was a scary risk, because in the back of my mind, I knew it meant I would end up leaving Old Colony one day, and with my dad's abuse, it made it too scary to even think about. But I risked stepping out in faith, and God saved me. About a month after after that, I met Abe out of Tim Hortons with Henry and Nellie. Henry had asked Abe to come along as a third wheel with Nellie, and it turns out there was a fourth wheel, and Abe and I got along really well. Four months later, we started dating. A year after we got married, we were both so excited to have a little boy, Ethan. My view of parenting, sadly, had been very affected by the legalism around me and my dad's abuse. Because my father was abusive, I didn't understand God being my father and what that meant. God wants me to have freedom and joy. My dad didn't want me to have any freedom. He is controlling and abusive and manipulative. If I took joy in something, it was seen as prideful and dishonoring to God and to my parents. It's still amazing to me how God wants me to be free and to have joy. He is such a good father. I still feel surprised often by the joy God wants me to have and even the clothes I have the freedom to wear now. When Ethan was a baby, we started spanking him. We hit him a lot in order to train him, following the book to train up a child that was given to us.
1: Spoiler alert, that book does not end well for parents or for kids.
2: I felt a lot of pressure to very consistently squash anything Ethan did that was inconvenient. If it was inconvenient for me, it was treated like sin like reaching for my glasses, dropping food, or not falling asleep instantly. We believe that when you put your kids down, they should just respond with full obedience like a rag doll and not move. It hurts me even talking about this time when we were so abusive to Ethan because I can't believe how extreme we were. When Ethan was about six months old, Abe and I met Lucy at a lake day. I visited with Lucy for about seven hours about God that day, and she started discipling us a few days later. That was two years ago this month. I started to realize that the way Lucy treated Ethan was honoring to him while still having boundaries. This was completely new to us. When Ethan would drop food from his high chair, Lucy didn't harshly confront us on our abuse. As we reached to hit him, she would simply turn to Ethan and say, Oh, are you learning about gravity? She gently started to be an example and put these thoughts about how God made Ethan into our hearts to think about until we were ready to to talk about them with her. These were new concepts to me, that God made kids this way and they aren't inherently evil. They're just learning about the world. And God takes joy in kids just exuberantly, excitedly exploring the world around them. Seeing God in that light was amazing because then I could start to see God's thoughts about me that way too. We've realized that God made kids to explore. That's part of their development, not something to be spanked for and crushed inside of them. Realizing that I should be validating Ethan's big feelings instead of shutting them down was new to me. If he's crying and upset because he can't have another cookie, we can say, I know you're feeling sad right now, but we're done having cookies, and then do something else fun together instead of just getting mad and saying, stop crying. It's important to realize that boys can cry, and if they have emotions inside, they should let them out. We teach them; we can teach them to do that in a way that's healthy and functional instead of just crushing their emotions so that they feel depressed or unseen or unable to even feel their emotions like I used to be. Growing up, I was never allowed to feel my emotions, so I couldn't even recognize what I was feeling. My emotions were shut down, and I was shamed for crying, and I rarely showed anger because it was just shut down. I remember showing anger one time when my dad was being abusive with my brother. I tried to protect my brother, but my dad just locked me in the closet. That memory had affected me right into my marriage and parenting until a few weeks ago when I was able to face it and ask God for his help, working through it during my first counseling session with Lucy. I grew up knowing I couldn't show my emotions because they were wrong and sinful. It was only a few weeks ago that God started to show me through counseling what my emotions are. I knew what my body was feeling, a knot in my stomach or feeling shaky or being sick to my stomach, but I couldn't tell you if I was feeling sad or angry or afraid. Sometimes Ethan would come to me or Abe or Lucy and say, Mommy is sad, and I would tell him, No, I just have a headache. Then a few minutes later, I would realize I was really, really sad. I'm very thankful that through discipleship with Lucy and following the Holy Spirit, we stopped abusing Ethan and learned to care for his emotions. Now Ethan's more emotionally healthy than I am. Seeing Ethan growing emotionally healthy as we've worked to rebuild our relationship with him has encouraged me in my own journey to becoming emotionally healthy through my relationship with God as my father and through counseling. I've realized that unless I choose to do the hard work of getting emotionally healthy, I'm hurting myself and the people around me. Three weeks ago, Ethan told us that my dad was hurting him. It's been such a difficult time for us as a family and has brought up a lot of emotions and fear inside of me. But ever, but even just since starting to do counseling with Lucy and talking about my emotions and my childhood, I've already seen God giving me a new freedom in him. I'm now even free to wear pants, and I bought my first jeans on the 14th of July. <laughs> if anyone is dealing with emotional struggles or with mental health, I encourage you to not be afraid to get help. There's no shame in getting counseling. A psychologist I love listening to always says, you deserve it, you really, really do. It takes a lot of courage to start counseling and to keep going every week. There have been lots of times when I felt like it's too hard and I just wanted to give up, but lots of times when it's feeling too scary, God has had someone give me a word of encouragement, and at the end of counseling, I always feel even more free than I did before. Even if the word counseling feels too intimidating to you, just reach out to Lucy and talk to her as a friend. Abe and I were having counseling from Lucy long before we even knew it, as we were learning from her who who we are and how God made our brains to work through discipleship with her. That has made a big difference to me. It's helped me so much to understand that there's nothing evil about psychology. Learning how God made our brains to work just deepens our relationship with him and others. It glorifies God for us to know how he made us and to take care of our minds and hearts.
1: <clears throat> my dad at first didn't want didn't want my brother Peter to leave the church and get baptized outside of Old Colony. But my dad was humble and went and checked it out for himself. In Old Colony, their God is based on works. And, But when my dad went and checked out Peter's new church, he saw that they believed the God of the same Bible. The thing I really admire about my dad is that he humbled himself enough to go check out this other church, and even started to ask Peter and me questions about God, which in our old colony culture, dads would not be humble enough to do. Dad's way of raising us was so different from how he's now changed and is breaking the chains of generational bondage in our family. My dad only got saved this last year, but even in the last four years when my dad wasn't saved and was still an old colony, he's humbly asked us questions about why we were changing and why we were doing things differently. My dad wanted to know why we were doing these things. He was honestly asking questions instead of just saying, you're doing a horrible thing, leaving the church. So our relationship has grown stronger and my respect for my dad has grown and is still growing. It's amazing for me to have both of my parents saved now and walking with God, and I'm so grateful for our boys to have godly grandparents growing up. Eva and my hearts are to not simply live out the pain of the legalism and bondage of our childhoods, but to continually allow the Holy Spirit to be breaking these chains in our hearts and minds. Before we really understood it, Lucy used to say it was <laughs> just by God's grace that he brought us together even before we were both walking by the Spirit. Now we tease her, saying, It's a miracle of God we got married. We really appreciate and honor you as our church family, and the way you treated Ethan the way you treated Ethan with respect. As a full human being, <laughs> from the very first Sunday, it was an encouragement to us as parents while we were still grow- growing in that ourselves. We brag about you how great you guys are as our church, and we love you.
2: We appreciate all of your prayers for us this last year. Please do pray that God will continue showing us his father heart so that we can love and care for our boys well. And please pray for me as I go through counseling that God will give me the courage to continue to heal my emotions and to make me even more free in him. And please pray for Lucy because none of this growth would have happened in our lives and in our family if she hadn't been discipling us and walking through all these difficult things with us. Her ministry has been so important in our lives. After all this time of being in hiding and persecution, we're so happy she's free again, but we don't want to lose her and her ministry. Please pray that God will bring new people to support Lucy every month so she can continue discipleship and counseling and ministry with our family and the many other families and people that she helps.
0: Um these are two of the strongest people I know. Um and I'll add in humblest and uh, kindest. And none of us would have ever guessed that this was your, your journey, your struggle, because all we've ever seen of you is, is tender parents uh, who honor Ethan and Zeke. And uh, out of tremendous darkness comes tremendous light. And, and we're so honored to be a part of that journey with you guys. And thank you for your vulnerability in this. Uh, It's incredibly meaningful and educational to all of us, and um, we're so happy that you're being transformed um, amongst us. It's a beautiful thing, and we are being shaped by you as well. I think of the story of Jesus with Mary and Martha, where Martha's running around doing all kinds of work, and and running around doing all kinds of work, and, and is mad at her sister for sitting there and doing none of the work, but... You guys have chosen what is right to sit at Jesus' feet and to learn and to love him. Um, you've chosen the right thing. So thank you for that. Um, I'm going to ask, is there somebody who would like to come up and, and pray for Abe and Eva with me? I have a couple people pray with them. Dave? Sure, come on up. Right, right, let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for Abe and Eva and for the strength and vulnerability they showed here this isn't just their story this is your story for us and um just as they are are growing in their understanding of you and and as a family we are growing as well thanks to them um thank you for how you are transforming them thank you for how you are at work in their extended families as well um we know that uh abe's family situation is very different from eva's family situation but that you love them both dearly just as they love their families dearly. So we pray that Abe and Eva would be a a constant shining witness of your goodness and your grace to them. We thank you for uh, Henry and Nellie's journey with them as well. And it's beautiful to see pictures of of them on the screen as well as they undergo a similar uh, journey. And we are also thankful for Angeline, for Lucy, for all that she does for so many people, including these two excellent people up here. Thank you for her great heart for you. But right now we want to thank, thank you mostly for Abe and Eva, for Ethan and Zeke, and what beautiful, special people they are and how much they have to teach each one of us about what living out faith looks like. So thank
3: you for them. Lord, This uh, your body is amazing, from the head to the toes, and we all, each one of us here, make up your your body Um or, and the bride, we are the bride of Christ, uh, without spot or blemish. And Lord, we know we're all a lump of clay on the potter's wheel, and You're forming us, and shaping us, and making us into uh, beautiful vessels. And out, out of that, we're broken. And Lord, I I know you, Your Word says. You said, uh, where is my mother? Where are my brothers? And we are just so thankful for the body that all of us as broken vessels can come to you here and that we can heal. And I just thank you for their testimony today and their bravery, and I ask that you protect them this week because we know that when we go out like this and there's vulnerability and Let's pray that you'd have your protection around them in the coming weeks, Lord, and thank you for this body here.
4: Lord, I just thank you for Abe and Eva and for bringing them into our church family here. I thank you for the example that they are. Um, It's just so beautiful that we can't see people's pasts or their stories until they share them with us because they have been so changed through you. And this is exactly just what we have seen in Abe and Eva, is your amazing transformation, that their hearts have been purified, their lips have been cleansed, um, and that they are just continuing to humbly walk with you. We thank you for that. And I just honor and thank you for putting such a heart of humility into Abe from a young age, that he has not only humbly walked with you, but that his humility has enabled and allowed Eva to freely grow in you and his boys to freely grow in you as well. And I thank you for that humble heart that you have given Abe. And I just pray that you would raise up their boys to be men of God. I thank you for Ethan, for his beautiful childlike desire to to reach into the storybook and pull the Holy Spirit out and put him into his heart and say that now Jesus is there too. I just pray that he would continue to walk with you, that he would grow up knowing that you are God and that you are good. And I pray for Ezekiel, that he would grow up to be a man of God as well. And I just pray over all of the people that you're going to bring into Abe and Eva's lives, for them to walk with, to disciple, to encourage, to build up in you. Pray that you would be preparing each of those hearts as well, and that you would just lead them clearly in your ways, Lord. Pray this all in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.
0: Thanks again, you guys. Great job. Have a great week, uh, walking in faith, and uh, thanks for sharing your your journey in faith with us. There's a new family that we are adopted into, a new family that we belong to.
2: It's still amazing to me how God wants me to be free and to have joy. He is such a good
1: father. Eva and my hearts are to not simply live out the pain of the legalism and bondage of our childhoods, but to continually allow the Holy Spirit to be breaking these chains
0: Barb why are you I just noticed what she's wearing she's wearing a Blackhawks jersey they eliminated my Oilers